So to submit an appeal, um, there has to be four eligibility criterias. So the person must have an active Facebook account. Facebook must have previously reviewed the content. It must be quote unquote eligible. Uh, and that kind of has its own subset of criteria. And then it must be within 15 days of Facebook's internal final content decision. So when we talk about what's eligible and what's not, that's where we start getting into what I was talking earlier about the nuances about what can and cannot be reviewed. So only certain types of content are eligible for review. So individual pieces of content is the limitation, which includes specific posts, photos, videos, and comments. What it does not include are groups, pages, events, um, advertisements. There's also decision types, so only content that can be removed, that was removed for violations, can be um, appealed. So what is colloquially referred to as a keep-up decision, um, where they review a, a piece of content and decide to leave it on the platform, that's currently not eligible for review. And sometimes those are the most harmful because they continue to be seen um, and gain traction and widespread attention. And then finally, um, it obviously can only be on one of the platforms, so either Facebook or Instagram. So there's technically those four conditions with eligibility having those three kind of subsets. Uh, at, when you Within those 15 days of submitting an appeal, um, you have to explain why the platform, so Facebook or Instagram, made the incorrect decision, why the board should review it, why the content was posted originally, and how the decision impacts others. So then, uh, as you can imagine, there are hundreds and thousands of these reviews submitted. So there's a selection procedure. So administrative staff filters, reviews, and identifies um, a short list that's also a long list uh, for, the for the committee's consideration, taking into account um, really how the decision impacts others. They want to get um, appeals to the Facebook Oversight Board, but are representative of others and could theoretically be used in other cases. Or when it's a really big case, like deciding to remove Trump indefinitely, they will take that one too. Um, also, let me go back one step real quick. So those are the processes for submitting an appeal on the user's behalf. Facebook can also um, send something to the oversight board and they don't have any restrictions on what they can send. So that's why you've seen, for example, Trump's entire page getting removed, um, go to the oversight board, whereas that would not fit the eligibility requirements if it were from a user themselves. So um, after the selection team filters down a short list, Facebook does a legal review to make sure that um, none of the actions would violate the law. And then the case selection committee um, proceeds to a simple majority vote of a panel. Um, and it's not super clear what decisions or criteria they look at the case selection committee. Um, basically, the board just has wide discretion on which cases it wants to review. Um, and so they try to pick, like I said, ones that raise important issues. But it, it said, um, the Facebook Oversight Board has said that the board sets criteria annually. But in my research, I haven't really found what that criteria is, um, which, as you can imagine, makes some difficulties when you're trying to look at the transparency of the committee. So one of the things that I picked up in the report, um, uh, you've already hinted at this, lots of people um, want to appeal a takedown of their content 
Mm -hmm. um, if, and I, I saw these numbers, right? Something in the order of 300,000 people make appeals, but ultimately <laughs> yeah. the board decides on a couple of dozen cases. Is that about right? Yeah, it's considerably less than 1% of cases get decided. <laughs> um, I think in the first few months, it was less than one one hundredth of a percent of the cases. So that is one of the biggest, critique, biggest critiques of the oversight board. Um, it has good intentions, but they just can't get through enough material uh, in any given time, like unless you would have to dramatically expand the size of the oversight board. So that's that's one critique for sure. I mean, it doesn't sound like a critique to me. It sounds like something that barely works. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, uh, theoretically, these cases are supposed to be used as um, kind of precedential, like how you see in the Supreme Court, right? So the Supreme Court decides that um, gay marriage is the rule of the land and the states have to follow. That is the theory behind these case decisions. Unfortunately, I haven't really seen many statistics um, or even reading the case decisions themselves that refer back to previous cases. And that may just because the, be because the board hasn't been around long enough to actually set a precedential um, history, but it could also be because of the limitations imposed by Facebook itself. So to have that precedential value, like Facebook claims its decisions, the decisions of the oversight board do, um, it has like it will only be applied to cases with um like there's a certain word they use and i apologize that i'm blanking on it right now um but it has to be like basically the same case mm -hmm. and there's a lot of discretion when you're looking at what is basically the same case um a lot of times context would tell you that these two cases are similar but the decision may not necessarily be applied to the next case Unfortunately, because there's not a lot of transparency about what those 300,000 case submissions are and what happens to those, I can't really tell you um, if the decisions are actually given precedential value or not, just hmm. because I don't really know what's happening to the other 300,000 cases that are not decided on. Um, but my best guess would be they're not necessarily getting the precedential treatment that they maybe should be. How long does this process typically take? <laughs> uh, great question. So I believe it's supposed to be something like, okay, so yes, yeah, so decisions will be made within 60 days of a case's referral date. Um, so from, like, let's go all the way back. Let's say Facebook makes a final content decision on a piece internally. The user has 15 days to decide if they're going to appeal it to the Facebook Oversight Board. And then... From there, there's an additional 60 days until decisions will be made. Um, the panel can request extensions of this. Um, I haven't really seen very many of those. And when necessary, the process can be expedited to only 30 days um, between when it was submitted to the oversight board and when it was finalized. So I'm, I'm an artist. I write a song. Uh, some algorithm decides my song is offensive and takes it offline. I, yeah. I appeal, and a couple of months later, if I'm very lucky, uh, Facebook restores the content. Is that kind of the soup to nuts of how this works? Yeah, and you have to remember it has to go through the Facebook's, um, it has to go through Facebook's internal appeals process before it can even reach the oversight board. So I haven't done a ton of research on what that 
looks like in terms of timeline yet, but there are multiple steps within Facebook's appeals process before it could even get to the oversight board. And then you have two months before you hear anything. I mean, the concept of speedy justice doesn't seem to apply here. And when you're talking about a social media post waiting two months to restore it, it, it seems almost farcical to me. Yeah, uh, especially because a lot of posts we make are, you know, timely. Um, so it, if when you're waiting, um, sorry, let me start that over. Sure. So you have the 60 days between when a decision must be made. There's an additional 30 days um, between when the decision is made and when Facebook has to implement it. So we're, we can really expand that process to 90 days. And for posts that are timely, like most of our social media posts are, I'm not going to post about a vacation a year and a half after I go on it, right? Um, and that's not really good enough anymore. And especially with pieces that are getting taken down, they're not my vacation posts. They're posts about um, traumatic lived experiences or political ideologies or elections, Um Sure, some of those vacation posts are probably getting down, but I don't think those are the ones that people are necessarily concerned about. But I might say in October, here's a strong opinion I have about a, a candidate running for office in November. And yep. if that get, post gets taken down and restored in January, what good does that do? Exactly. And there's not much about the timeline. Um, I kind of feel like there's a shrug of the shoulders and be like, well, this is the best we can do. Um, and I do think the process, it's hard, right? Because this is two sides of a coin. On the one hand, I do absolutely want to critique how slow the process is. On the other hand, there are so many content decisions getting funneled through the Facebook Oversight Board. They just don't have the structural capability to take care of 300,000 plus content decisions being made each quarter. And so, yes, things definitely need to change and be faster. Um, or you need to start working on the precedential ability and like giving the administrators, um, giving the administrative staff the ability to make some of these decisions and then release transparency about what the staff are deciding and how they are doing that. Um, okay, so on the one hand, we've been talking about how many decisions there are. But on the other hand, the thing that strikes me is even more important is, is how many decisions there aren't. The Facebook mm -hmm. Oversight Board's work is limited to these takedowns. So yes. keep up decisions can be even more important, right? And describe to me why. That is a personal opinion, but I believe it kind of makes sense commonsensically. Or it makes sense using common sense, right? Because a post that gets taken down nobody else is seeing that and so yes you personally can be very upset that it is taken down and you can raise a big fuss about it but when a post gets left up and that post is harmful or problematic like spreading misinformation or spreading hate or advocating for genocide or pushing sex trafficking those are to me those are harms that are actively being perpetrated against other members of the community on and off facebook so I think leaving up something that is harmful is more of a problem than taking down something that is not harmful. Um, you start getting into a lot of big brother-esque <laughs> ideologies and what's your personal belief when it gets into that. But just um, as somebody who's done, who's like had to see a lot of the, the, the sad and the hateful and the problematic things, 
I feel like that would be more of my focus. And it doesn't seem to be Facebook's focus. It, it, this oversight board doesn't deal with that at all, right? Not at all. Theoretically, um, there is commentary on the oversight board's website that they do want to get to the point where they're dealing with that, but there's not a timeline in place right now. And hmm. what, uh, what experiences have you had with uh, viewing this content? Um, they're honestly more personal. I hmm. truly believe like my, I've had a lot of family members who have been mm, radicalized is the wrong word, um, but just who have become considerably more hateful. Um, and I, I see some of the things that come across their, their pages and it just, it just is misinformation and there's no way to convince them that it's not. Um, or it is just blatant hate speech and divisiveness. Um, and do I think like Facebook is to blame for all of the country's divisiveness and political instability? Of course not. But it's just hard when you're looking over like a family member's shoulder and you're seeing the things on their page um, and you can watch their behavior and their attitude change the more they use an app. And I don't have any scientific evidence for that. That's just my lived experience. Sure. Um... I think when people hear the the term Facebook Oversight Board, uh, they they might be um, excused for for believing that decisions like that would be part of its charter. Absolutely, I I personally was shocked to find it wasn't. Um, it's kind of funny. It took me a lot of research and a lot of digging to figure out what exactly eligible meant. It wasn't easily defined anywhere, and so like I've read the charter and the bylaws, and I've combed their websites dozens of times and figuring out that it was only posts that were taken down took hours how long have you been working on this research oh my gosh i want to say since october or november so three-ish months now this makes you one of the world's leading experts in the facebook oversight board it sounds like to me oh my god that um, is a very, is a huge compliment, so thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've I've been over this website a dozen times. It is fascinating to me. Um, it ties in with some of the other research that I'm doing, but it's kind of just become a passion project, trying to figure out what exactly is going on. What does it suggest to you about the potential effectiveness of the Facebook Oversight Board or any company that might imagine a structure like this? That you, Duke Law student, have spent several months trying to figure this out. It still haven't quite figured it out. What does that suggest to you about how well this is working? I mean, quite frankly, I don't think it's as transparent as it claims to be. Um, I don't necessarily know if that is... I'm struggling not to make too aggressive of statements here in that I don't know if that's intentional or if that is just... They're still working out a lot of the kinks. When you bring together 40 world experts across a bunch of different fields, I can imagine it's really hard to get them all on the same schedule, really hard to get something like this up and running, but that should be the priority when you're making an oversight board. Um, you can't just make it and then, eh, we'll get to it in a few years. It has made some decisions that have had a lot of effect. Um, I keep going back to the Trump one because I think that's the most well-known. But I would love to see like some actual transparency about what criteria are getting used in the case selection process, what the administrative staff are doing, 
where in the process those other 300,000 posts go. Um, I think there's a lot of room for improvement and transparency at the board.